We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. The Innovators Network. Welcome to the heart of innovation. 60 minutes that can save life and limb with new breakthrough ideas and innovation changing the healthcare landscape. Brought to you by patient advocacy group, thewaytomyheart.org. In partnership with Cardiovascular System Incorporated's patient advocacy campaign, Take a Stand Against Amputation. Here are your hosts for the Heart of Innovation, Emmy Award-winning journalist and founder of The Way to My Heart, Kim McNicholas, and interventional cardiologist and founder of the Save My Piggies Health Education Series, Dr. John Phillips. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Kim McNicholas, and I'm with Dr. John Phillips. And today we are going to be talking about common foot problems during the summer and how to prevent problems as well as treat them. So get your foot-related questions ready and call in if you are listening live. Join the discussion. Write this number down, 1-888-367-5329. Once again, one 367 5329 Dr. Phillips, how are you? Are you ready to inspire us before we dive right in? Kim, I am wonderful. Um, how's, how was your week? Are you feeling, are you feeling better? Oh yes. Much, much better. That COVID really kicked my butt. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, it's the real deal. Yeah. Uh, Make sure everyone's protecting themselves as they're out there in the summer sun, you know, get that vitamin D in the, yes, exactly. Exactly. So today's quote is from, uh, Mahatma Gandhi and we're kind of thinking about, um, the human mind and positive thinking. And he says, happiness is when what you think, what you say, and what you do are in harmony. And it's a little apropos because I'm actually in Lake Harmony right now, Pennsylvania, in the Poconos, huh? Oh, and how fun. Kim, it's really hot here. It's hot and humid. And, uh, you know, I hear you know a little bit about the weather and potentially <laughs> giving me a weather uh, forecast. Uh, Aikman, oh, no. Aikman, do we have something in the archives? Oh, no. Yeah, this is a weather clip. I used to do oh, weather. Yeah. All right. Yes. <laughs> TV 50s exclusive, always on weather. Oh, here it is. All right, awesome. And two, it is so cold out there, just keep moving. (laughs) Film director Lewis comes in with this big, colorful hat on this morning, and I said, what's with the hat? He said, it's the warmest one I've got. (laughs) No, I think it's the most colorful one you've got. Walking in a winter wonderland. Yeah, many of you will be singing that when you walk out the door this morning. Calistoga and Napa Valley, even in San Francisco. Some accumulation of snow in the overnight hours. I won't be singing Winter Wonderland for you again this morning. Yesterday, my dad sent me an email saying in Simon Cowell's words, you're not going to Hollywood. (laughs) I never went to Hollywood. (laughs) That's awesome. You were a pro. You were a pro. You know, you might as well have fun with it, no matter who the weather people are. I know I'm going to get hate mail now, but you have a 50-50 chance of being right and being wrong. So life is short. Life is short. You got to enjoy it. Exactly. The only thing that is certain about the summer is the common foot problems. (laughs) Dr. David Alper is here with us. He's a podiatrist. 
He's practiced for more than 35 years. He's now chief podiatric advisor for our nonprofit, The Way to My Heart, helping our 11,000 patients globally to improve their foot health. And he's also on the board of trustees for the American Podiatric Medical Association and is a member of the National Legislative and Regulatory Committee for the American Diabetes Association. Dr. Alper, beautiful sunny day outside. Are you going to get on me for my flip-flops I'm wearing right now? (laughs) Well, Kim, it certainly is a fun thing to do, and it's wonderful to get the vitamin D between your toes as well. But the truth (laughs) is, it's a dangerous world out there, and so you just have to approach it a little cautiously. That's true. David, thanks for joining us. Uh, Really looking forward to this conversation. Um, So, when you see a patient in the office and the, for the first time, just tell tell us what what you're thinking, how you assess them. Um, you know, are you just mean? I mean, I'm a plumber, right? We talk about PAD a lot in vascular care. Do you focus solely on vascular care, or, or are you just kind of looking at the whole foot, so to speak? Well, when somebody first comes in, John, like like anybody else that comes into your office, the question is, what are they bringing to the table? Are they bringing diabetes? Are they bringing diagnosed PAD? Are they bringing you know mechanical problems? or something as simple as a plantar wart. And then you start to try to focus on accordingly, but you do want to get the whole picture because the reality is, is that there's a belief that feet is supposed to hurt. I can't tell you how many times, like, yeah, my feet hurt me all the time, but that's just kind of the way it is. And of course, no body part is supposed to hurt all the time. And then we try to focus in on exactly where the hurt is coming from. So that's the beginning part of it. When you're first introduced, Podiatrists in general do check the circulation of your feet, check to make sure that your sensations are good, whether you've developed something called neuropathy, where you have a loss of sensation, and whether the skin is proper and intact. You know, do you have very dry cracking skin? Do you have cracking between your toes? Are there any types of infections? Are you noticing any slight breakdown? And some of these things, again, can be caused by something as very simple as shoes that don't fit properly, which is why when you go to the podiatrist for the first time, we have you bring three or four pairs of shoes. I like. Well, not all of them do that. This is what I find interesting about you, Dr. Alper, and I love your thoroughness. He actually requires patients to bring in multiple pairs of socks and multiple pairs of shoes so that he can actually see the whole picture as to what's going on. Well, you're only as good as your equipment, Kim. You know, and so if you're squeezing yourself into a shoe that you wore 17 years ago when you were a size five and you're a size seven now, you're going to be causing problems. If you're wearing shoes that you could play soccer with a BB with as opposed to something that's shaped like your foot, that's also going to cause problems. And that's whether you have any circulation issues or otherwise. So I want to see what you're doing to your feet. You know, you see, you bring in a pair of shoes you play with, a pair of shoes you work with, your hot date Saturday night shoes. You know, if you're somebody that wears socks or stockings and you take them off and you have a nice deep ring around your calf, chances are they're too tight and you're cutting off the circulation. So you're working against Dr. Phillips, who's trying desperately to get the blood flowing. So we we start with the basics with, with that, Dr. Phillips, is kind of seeing what you're doing on the outside. And then, of course, symptomatology accordingly. You know, what are you coming in for? If someone comes in and they say, well, you know, I don't like the way my toenails hurt and I look and there's a big hole in the bottom of their feet that they can't see because it's on the bottom of their foot. Obviously, I'm going to focus a little more there as well. The whole idea is that feet are so easily hurt because of the world that we're in. And if you happen to be somebody who has a loss of sensation, you may not know that's going on. I cannot tell you how many times people have come into the office 
And the only reason they knew that they had a wound or an ulcer on the bottom of their feet was the staining of their socks. Oh, you know, no. why, is it, why do I have blood here on my sock? And then they ask a, a family member or, you know, a very close friend to, uh, to look at the bottom of their feet. And you know, lo and behold, you have something you've been probably walking on for, you know, one to two to three weeks. And, and there so are probably people that, that are, there are people I'm sure that are wondering, well, how in the world do you not see your feet? How in the world do you not know? And there are some that are a little bit more um, heavy set folks some people that are older that may not have the, uh, you know, agility to be able to lean over and, and pull their foot up and, and that kind of thing. So there are a variety of reasons why in which um, patients may not be able to see the bottom of their foot. And they may not feel these things because, as you mentioned, neuropathy. And there are a lot of reasons why you might have neuropathy in your foot. It could be a lumbar spine problem. Your nerves That's are right. getting cut off. Um, you might have diabetic neuropathy. You might have poor circulation due to peripheral artery disease, which is that restricted blood flow in your leg arteries due to plaque buildup. We're going to continue the conversation in just a moment. So stay with us right here on the Heart of Innovation. Leg health can indicate risk for heart attack, stroke, and amputation. If you have leg pain or cramps while walking, get checked for peripheral artery disease, or PAD. PAD is plaque buildup in mainly the leg arteries. Be sure to ask your physician for an ankle brachial index, also called an ABI test, where they use blood pressure cuffs to analyze the blood pressure in your legs. If they discover you have arterial plaque that's limiting blood flow to your feet, medicine and a regimented walking program are frontline treatment. If PAD is in its advanced stages, your physician may schedule a surgical intervention. Minimally invasive tools are available to remove plaque and restore blood flow, including cardiovascular system's Diamondback 360 atherectomy system, which sands away plaque that is a hard calcium. It's important to discuss all options with your physician, and if told you have no options, get a second opinion. Take a stand against amputation. For more information, go to standagainstamputation.com. That's standagainstamputation.com. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. So before we went to the break, we were discussing shoes. Uh, You know, there's tons of shoes out there, obviously various types Dr. Elper, give us an idea of what shoes you recommend for, say, a diabetic and then someone that has vascular disease or maybe, you know, severe neuropathies. How do you go through that process with the patient and get them maybe to stop wearing slides or, or something like that and get the appropriate shoe? Yeah, especially when it's so hot outside. It's really easy. Even I am uh getting scorned by y'all for wearing <laughs> my flip flops. They're so comfy on a hot day. Well, um, the reality is, first of all, people need to know that your feet get bigger as you get older. I mean, people don't like that, but the reality is that your feet are not the same size at 40 that they were at 20. And it's not because you're continuing to grow. You stop growing at an early age. It's because as we get older, our feet splay. They just spread out in both directions. Hmm. So it's very important that your shoes fit properly. And it's a real simple way to check. When you're sitting, not standing, you you or someone grab the end of the shoe with, the, with your fingertips. And if you can touch your big toe, the shoe is too short. 
Because if you're reaching the end of the shoe when you're sitting, when you stand, your foot doesn't have room to splay out, which is what it wants to do. So fit is the most important thing right off the bat. The second thing you can do really simply is to take your bare foot and trace it on a piece of paper when you're standing and then put your shoe on top of it. Well, if you can see your foot drawing on the outsides of your shoe, that shoe is too small. So it's a real simple way to check with that. The problem with flip-flops, Kim and everybody else out there, is that the only way they stay on is by gripping so that you're walking around using your toes to keep the shoe on. Well, if you don't have sensation, you don't feel that. And so it's real easy to walk out of your shoes and cause an injury, which is the last thing you want to do. But even if you do feel it's just a clumsy way of walking, it's also a great way to cause hammer toes and bunions as you're constantly gripping. If you have a back strap, then an open shoe is fine. So a sandal with a back strap, a lot of people like Crocs, as long as you don't push the strap forward, that you use the strap, that is fine. And finally, you want to make sure the equipment fits the job. So you're not going to wear your Nikes when you have a big board meeting. You're going to wear a professional shoe. And that's fine, again, as long as it fits properly. If you're going to be running, you obviously want to wear something in good shape. Rule of thumb for exercise shoes, 500 miles or six months, you want to change those shoes. It doesn't mean you just have to throw them away, but they're not the ones you want to be running in. Because, again, you want to make sure that you're using the proper equipment. Here's a little fun fact for you, Kim. Every time a human being puts their foot on the ground, two to three times your body weight goes through that foot. So if you're 150 pounds, you're putting your foot down with three to 500 pounds of pressure 10,000 times a day. You need that shock absorption, especially if you're exercising. And so you want to make sure that your shoes are in proper shape as far as that goes. What do you think about arches? Because, you know, there are a lot of people that, I mean, everyone has different types of feet. And it's really important to get your feet analyzed, right? Find out if you have a flat foot, whether you have a high arch. I was told that it's really not good to have a shoe with a high arch in it because your foot is it's not natural for it that you should, you know, find something a little bit more flat. What is your thought on, do you get the arch? Do you not get the arch in it? Well, um, it's good for you if you need arch support. So a, a high arch in a shoe is not good for everybody because not everybody needs it. It's kind of like, you know, everybody should have reading glasses. Well, that's really not true. So there are, if you're talking about exercise shoes, there are running stores out there that actually do know how to help you analyze the type of foot you have. And so for starting off with a basic over-the-counter, what we call an orthotic or an arch support, can often be done by a podiatrist. It also can be done at a really high-end running store. You know, you don't want to be doing this, I don't want to name names, but like at a department store or something like that. What about Um, if someone has a wound? Well, a lot of people with diabetes have wounds on their feet. Um, people with peripheral artery disease have wounds on their feet. What do you suggest for them during the summer? Should they wear something open? Should they wear an offloader, um, closed toe shoes? Well, first and foremost, and it seems incredibly obvious, if you've got a wound, somebody professional has got to be caring for this. This should be going to a podiatrist because the reality is that a wound is not something that's going to heal easy on its own, even with people with good circulation, because you're walking on it. And again, it's a dangerous world out there. Then you take into account the people that Dr. Phillips works with, with circulation compromised because of PAD, diabetes, et cetera, where they're not getting the nutrition. They're not getting the blood flow to help these wounds heal. Now, as far as summertime goes, you have got to protect this foot. 
You know, think about it. When you put your foot down on the ground, you raise a cloud of dust. You may not see it. You certainly don't think about it. But of course you do. It's just putting it down. You don't want that dust and dirt in an open wound. Wounds need to be covered. And it's important to cover it properly. You want to make sure that it breathes well. I personally hate Band-Aids. And I'm sorry if that's a brand name. But Band-Aids don't breathe. Yes, they keep everything out, but they also keep everything in. That's a, that's a, great, that's a great segue. Sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to no, no, please go ahead. shifting gears a little bit to nail care. I can't tell you how many people I see in the office who have a, a huge wound on their toe or forefoot. And it all started from, well, well Doc, I, I clipped my toenail a little bit too, too short. Do you recommend, number one, patients, all patients with diabetes, have their toenails clipped um, by a, pro- a professional or certain ones or, or, or what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's, you know, all diabetics should at least have their feet examined initially because the, the truth is Dr. Phillips, you're talking about 20 year olds that probably can reach their feet and see their feet fine. You know, we're thinking of the ones that haven't reached their feet since Reagan was president and they're trying to cut their own toenails. And that's a little bit of a problem. So, and, and again, you're not doing your family a favor by asking them to cut your toenails because there is an art to it. There is a skill to it. And you do not want to take the risk of cutting your skin. So the short answer is yes. If you cannot reach your feet easily because they've gotten farther away, because you just don't have the strength in your hands to work a clipper, this is what a podiatrist should be for. And this is not insulting to ask a doctor to cut your toenails. This is part of the medical care. And by the way, they're going to do more than cut your toenails when you go to the office. They're going to give you a cursory professional exam to see whether or not there's a wound starting, whether circulation has changed. Dr. Phillips, as a circulation doctor, knows well that podiatrists are the gatekeepers. And I can't tell you how many times I've referred to vascular surgeons because I don't like the way things look. And it's not my job to bring in the blood, but it's certainly my job to send them out and say, you need some help with this. Go see Dr. Phillips and his colleagues. You're going to discover that by coming in and having your toenails cared for. So you should not be cutting them yourself. You should not be asking somebody that doesn't know how to do it. You know, if again. It seems so simple. And so people think, gosh, how tough can it be to cut your toenails? But for those of us who had quite a number of ingrown toenails removed, you, you, you know, again, the point gets driven home. It's like, okay, I suck at this. I need to have a professional do it. It isn't as easy as it looks. You know, Kim, we had a question online about pedicures. Is that, is that an issue with someone with diabetes? Someone with diabetes and someone with, with true diagnosed circulation should not be going to pedicures. It's really as simple as that. You know, you don't know the sterility of where you're going, and I'm not casting aspersions like every other profession. Some of them are very clean. Some of them are not, but you don't necessarily know. You could be soaking in the same water that four other people have, and that's not something you want to think about. Are they taking the instruments out of the drawers, or are they taking them out of an autoclave? When you go to a professional, you know you're getting a sterile environment. You know that you're going to be having people pick up. Here's something else, Dr. Phillips. If you and we're going to leave that on a cliffhanger because we got to head to break and... Hold that thought. We'll be right back on the Heart of Innovation, so stay with us. (music) 
Medical Notepad, brought to you by patient advocacy organizations, Take a Stand Against Amputation, and The Way to My Heart. My name is Dr. John Runback from American Endovascular and Amputation Prevention. Peripheral arterial disease, which is hardening of the arteries, affecting circulations outside the heart, most commonly in the legs and resulting in pain when walking, or particularly pain at night, which may wake you from sleep, or even ulcers that don't heal, is a problem in and of itself. But more importantly, Peripheral arterial disease is what we call a coronary equivalent. It's a marker of hardening of the arteries affecting all the arteries in your body, which means that you're at higher risk of heart attacks and strokes, even if you have not had these events previously. The data suggests that 40% of patients with peripheral arterial disease will have a heart attack or stroke within the next four to five years. And even higher if those patients have more advanced forms of peripheral arterial disease with a, with a risk of limb loss. So clearly, peripheral arterial disease is important both in terms of the limb, but even more important in terms of being able to uh, control risk factors and treat patients and prevent heart attacks and strokes. Medical Notepad is a series for educational and informational purposes only. Advice offered is not a substitute for medical advice from your own supervising physician. Do not act on any information provided in this series without the explicit consent from your own healthcare team. For more information on peripheral artery disease, go to standagainstamputation.com. For peripheral artery disease support, go to thewaytomyheart.org Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation For more on today's topic go to theheartofinnovation.org That's theheartofinnovation.org Once again, here's Emmy Award winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips Before the break we were left with a cliffhanger from Dr. Alper we were just kind of discussing pedicures and, and things of that nature what did you want to share with us? Well, the other thing, too, is if someone has a wound, especially if they have their circulation compromised, you do not want to soak your feet at all. And the reason is very simple. You don't have circulation down there. You don't have blood and fluid getting down there. The skin is starving for fluid. If you have an open wound, it's going to act like a sponge. But guess what? 10 seconds after you put your foot in a tub of water, it's dirty water. No offense to anybody. It just is. And so you're bringing in all contaminants. So you should not be sitting in a tub at a pedicurist. You should not be soaking your feet. You really need to be careful if you go into the ocean or a lake, because unfortunately, the world we live in now, lakes aren't the cleanest water. What about those little fish that eat away the calluses? <laughs> well, they tickle if you can feel it. But right. once again, they can't distinguish too much between an infection or not. Right. Um, so it's just, you know, pedicures, if you have any type of medical condition that's affecting your feet, it's really the best. Now, it doesn't mean you can't paint your nails. You should absolutely be creaming your feet. You can even have a nice little massage from a family member or friend. But you want to be cautious about it. And certainly going into something like a pedicure shop, which is just not a controlled environment, is just not the safest thing for someone along those lines. And we have Dr. Posen from Phoenix, Arizona, Modern Vascular on the line, who wants to share some insight or has a question. Dr. Posen, thank you so much for joining the Heart of Innovation. What's your insight or question? Oh, my insight. Thank you for inviting me. Um, You know, as far as an endovascular specialist, we see patients um, in our practice with actual ulcers and um, um, need limb salvage. So I think it's it's crucial to address the multidisciplinary approach to these patients. Um, obviously, if the patient has already had a wound, uh, it's, it's, it's crucial to make sure that they have a, a good wound clinic and a podiatrist 
um, once they come to us and uh, we address their vasculature, I want to I want to stress the importance of imaging their foot itself. And so, from an interventional cardiology standpoint or vascular surgery standpoint, for years we've limited our interventions to the common femorals, the arteries behind the knee, and then just below the knee. But our practice, uh, which is a national company, we're we're focusing on really um, intervening on those arteries in the foot. And so once there's a wound that forms, it's crucial to address that because there's a high link to coronary disease. And so once amputation ensues, um, the patient now is at high risk of having cardiovascular problems. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they can't get out and walk. If they have problems with their feet, they can't get out and walk. And there goes their cardiovascular system. Yeah, and I think he brings a great point with respect to the multidisciplinary approach. It takes a village to treat these folks. And oftentimes, right, Dr. Elper, you're kind of the quarterback of of their care when someone comes in with uh, an ulcer that we suspect is related to a vascular problem. Well, that's 100% correct, because I can't do my job if you haven't done yours. You know, I can put bandages on for life. But until we get that blood returning again, and our visiting doctor is 100% correct, and Dr. Phillips, you can speak more than me, just in the last five years, the ability to get down into the blood vessels of the foot has so dramatically increased, which means you can open up these blood vessels now. You can give me the blood that I need. So I'm treating the wound. I get them over to my vascular doctor. They reopen up the blood flow, bring it back to me. Now I've got a wound I can close properly. And then it's just all about training the patient in prevention. Let's circle back to uh, foot care during the summer months. People are outside, maybe at the beach, the pool or whatnot. Um, Do we need to put sunscreen on our feet? Oh, absolutely. The skin on the top of your foot is some of the thinnest skin on the body. You, you know, you don't have a whole lot of fat there to prevent any type of um, deep burning from happening. And I have seen second and even third degree burns. And of course, once again, if your feet are numb, you don't know it's too hot. So the sunscreen on top. Now let's talk about the bottom. I walk my little dog all the time. Up here in Boston, we've got 95 degrees. He can't walk on the sidewalk because it's too hot for his paws. Well, guess what? If you're walking barefoot and you have neuropathy, you don't know you're burning your feet on that sidewalk or on that hot sand on the beach. Once again, barefoot is your enemy. I know it's fun. I know it's nice. It is just not worth it. And as soon as you get home from the beach, Have somebody look at the bottoms of your feet to see if you've done anything. Creaming your feet, making sure that your skin is moist, because as Dr. Phillips can explain very clearly, if you're not getting blood down there, you're not getting moisture down there for the skin. If you're not getting it from the inside, you got to get it from the outside. So applying a good moisturizing cream to rehydrate the skin, not between your toes. It's moist enough there. But on the bottoms of the feet will prevent that cracking, that splitting around the heels that hurts so much and leads to infection. So sunscreen on the top, cream on the bottom. How do you tell the difference between just dry feet versus maybe a tinea infection, you know, athlete's foot or something along those lines? I mean, do you tell people to moisturize their feet and maybe put on an antifungal cream as well? Or how do you how do you differentiate between those two? Well, first of all, there actually are combinations. So you can kind of hydrate and fight the fungus at the same time. Usually a fungal infection has some type of redness to it. 
because it is going to be inflamed a little bit because it is an infection. You're going to see some sloughing of the skin. You can't always count on the itching because, again, you may not feel it. But if the skin is so thick, you may not feel the itching. Sometimes you can also simply just see that you've been hydrating it and it's not reacting as it should. And it's time to introduce that. But again, if you notice the cracking of the splitting, this is when you take it to the foot doctor because they may be able to take some of that dead skin down that the fungus has created. It's not something you want to do yourself. Do not take those cheese graters to your feet. Oh, Leave no. That for the cheddar. OK. Have you but, seen that happen? I mean, you would only mention oh that God. because you've seen it. it. It's, well, you know, people want to care for themselves, and it's certainly appropriate to care for themselves with moisturizing, with protecting. But you take these metal shavers and you start, you know, rubbing for God and glory to take that dead skin off. Or they go into the shower and they balance on one foot to do it. That's a good idea. So you know, that's an just taking stuff you don't want off. So that's an interesting point. I mean, do you feel like people are embarrassed to come see you because of their feet? I mean, is that Absolutely. a weird taboo, really? There's, there's a split to it. There are some people that will take their shoes off at a high-end restaurant to show me what's going on. They, you know, because they think, oh, That's I have happened. a foot doctor here. I'll get some free advice. And there are other people that won't take their socks off in my office because, Dr. Alper, it's the ugliest feat you've ever seen, which I guarantee is not the case. Um, <laughs> but it's important to look and to let people that have a, a professional eye look. And not just podiatrists, your family doctor, your vascular doctor, your dermatologist. You know, all too often you go to the family doctor and they put you in that silly gown, but leave your socks on because the floor is cold. No, no, no. Take your socks off. Doctor, look at my feet. That is a fantastic way to end this segment. We have to head to break and then we have our Save My Piggies segment. We have an amazing um, patient that is going to be sharing her inspiring story along with her doctor joining her. So stay with us right here on The Heart of Innovation. Hi, this is Steve with this week's Pad Warriors. Long story short, I thought I was indestructible. I smoked. I ate junk food. I'm a former Marine. I was in numerous accidents and illnesses that should have killed me. History of heart disease in my family. Thought it would never happen to me. I'm indestructible. Even after my younger brother passed five years ago from a sudden heart attack. Three years ago, I discovered I was not indestructible. I had a heart attack. I had a triple bypass. I got smart. I did cardio rehab. I ate smart. I lost 40 pounds. I started walking miles and working out each day. Took my meds. Got my LDLC down to 50. Felt great for one and a half years. Then one day out on a walk, claudication hit me in my left calf like a baseball bat. Took a while to get it figured out. My cardiologist referred me to a vascular surgeon who said a fem-fem bypass. I asked for another option. He said, nope, he only does that. Well, I fired my cardiologist and the vascular guy that suggested that. I found a great interventional cardiologist uh, who opened up my left iliac with angioplasty and a stent. That was a year and a half ago. Since then, I've been pain-free. I lowered my blood pressure naturally by beetroot powder, and I have a tablespoon of extra virgin olive oil each morning. I feel great now. 
my opinion to anyone. Always get a second opinion. Be smart. Do your own research. Be your best advocate. Patients Tell All is a series of real patients sharing their individual experiences. Individual results may vary. Patient testimonials are not claimed to represent typical results or guarantee that anyone will achieve the same or similar results. This series is for educational purposes only, and any advice offered is not a substitute for medical advice from your own supervising physician. Do not act on any information provided in this series without explicit consent from your own healthcare team. For more information on vascular diseases, go to www.standagainstamputation.com. And for real-time support, go to www.theweightofmyheart.org. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Welcome back, everybody. It is time for our Save My Piggies segment, the segment that is devoted to patient advocacy. It allows patients to tell their story in their own words and oftentimes bring in the physician that helped get them through their event. And today I'm delighted, we're delighted to have Cheryl on the line, as well as her physician, Dr. Rocha. Both of them are joining us from Oklahoma City. Cheryl, thank you for joining us. Please tell us your story. Hi, thank you very much. Well, I'll do this real quick. It was a long, long journey. And what you guys were talking about just a while ago about, please feel my feet. That's kind of where I was on this. I wasn't ill. Um, And I had a sudden onset, evidently, uh, of this uh, pain in my feet and legs. And it was like kind of a contorting, twisting kind of pain. And I actually, it actually got worse, worse and worse over a period of two months to where I wasn't able to get out of my wheelchair. I I had never been in a wheelchair before, but I couldn't even walk just, uh, and every it, it started out and I was treated, um, really, I saw five different doctors and it kind of it wasn't, it wasn't predictable. So it ran, you know, the first doctor thought that maybe I had gout, even though my uric acid was under, you know, was at okay levels. Yeah. And they thought I had gout, even though I didn't have any more, they asked me to continue taking steroids and see yeah. if that didn't help my, my, uh, primary uh, doctor thought that I needed uh, muscle relaxers for these cramps, which did nothing. And, uh, and so it really was a scary, scary journey because um, I was just thrashing around trying to find, you know, first of all, we didn't know what it was. And it went as far as having a scan where there was a mass on one of my uh, kidneys, which had been there forever. (laughs) And, I ended up having to go to an oncologist to get that taken care of, which wasn't anything. He, he said, no, I, I see no problem. That's not anything that worries me. So At Cheryl, what point was that, yeah. did they finally diagnose the peripheral artery disease, which is the restricted blood flow in your leg when, arteries? When that finally happened is I was seeing a new uh, foot doctor, a podiatrist that I wanted to see. And when I went in, I was just asking him for a toe, about a toe that was misaligned. 
when we went in, he goes, what's been going on with you? And I kind of told him, and he said, let me see your feet and and legs. And I like could have kissed him. I was so excited because I'm like, because all of this, I've been wondering, what does this all have to do with my legs and feet? So anyway. But prior to that, Cheryl, you had the the specialist you had seen hadn't really examined uh, your legs or feet. Nobody, they had talked to me about it, but nobody had touched my feet or legs. And, you know, I like, really, I kind of feel like we need to wear a button before I leave. And somebody yeah. touched these, you know, but save my piggies. Please. Yeah. So we have, we're short on time, but I want to get to the point where yeah. what treatment options were offered to you and oh, then well. what led you to Dr. Bernardino Rocha? Right. Okay. Well, the treatment that my cardiologist finally agreed with, with my foot doctor and he sent me to, he did some tests and I had two blockages, the main arteries and uh, the main uh, in both legs, I think. And, and so anyway, he sent me to the surgeon, a vascular surgeon, and that I walked in and it was all amputations in there. And I, it was, I was so surprised. I just didn't know, but it was just all amputations. And I was like, we can't, I can't do this. That's when I started my search. And I started talking to everybody that I knew. And somebody said, need to look that there is an advocacy on online. And so we have a, we have a, about a minute left, Dr. Rocha, okay. how did, how did you guys meet and, and how'd you, how'd you yes. get her feeling better? Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I am a vascular surgeon in Oklahoma city. I've been practicing Oklahoma city for eight months now. And I met Cheryl in February of this year she came for a second opinion. Originally, she was diagnosed with claudication, but by the time I saw her, she had already rest pain and also her right first, right second toe was bluish and progressing towards gangrene if we had waited uh, a matter of few more months. And at that point in time, she was placed on the typical medication that we place for claudication, which is the silostazole. But I think what the systems in the systems at multiple places fail to pick up is that she has a, she had evolved from a claudication patient to be um, resting and evolving to tissue loss. So, did, did, so we've, we got, we've got about 20 seconds left. You, you did intervention to get her some better blood flow. Is that okay? And then, and, and Cheryl, loss. How, how are you doing so we now? Have to, we're going to wrap up and we'll come back with them in just a moment. So stay with us. Three years ago, my symptoms started with leg pain and leg cramps while walking. Me too, with a tightness in my calves. Well, do you know, my doctor thought that my leg cramps were a side effect of the statin he prescribed me. Well, my doctor just brushed them off as another symptom of old age. Mine thought the pain was radiating from my spine. My doctor blamed my neuropathy on diabetes until I got a wound on my foot that just wouldn't heal. Yeah, it turns out we all have peripheral artery disease, also known as PAD. It's plaque buildup mainly in the leg arteries causing poor circulation. For me, the diagnosis came too late and I lost my leg. But that does not have to happen to you. 
No, it does not, because there are treatment options available if you're diagnosed early enough. PAD, peripheral artery disease. If you've been experiencing leg pain, leg cramps, or neuropathy when walking, and your doctor isn't hearing you, we are. We are the way to my heart, the largest support network for peripheral artery disease patients. And we want to help you get back on your feet again. Visit our website at thewaytomyheart.org or call our Lifesaver hotline 415-320-7138. Your life and limb could depend on it. Leg health can indicate risk for heart attack, stroke, and amputation. If you have leg pain or cramps while walking, get checked for peripheral artery disease, or PAD. PAD is plaque buildup in mainly the leg arteries. Be sure to ask your physician for an ankle brachial index, also called an ABI test, where they use blood pressure cuffs to analyze the blood pressure in your legs. If they discover you have arterial plaque that's limiting blood flow to your feet, medicine and a regimented walking program are frontline treatment. If PAD is in its advantage, stages, your physician may schedule a surgical intervention. Minimally invasive tools are available to remove plaque and restore blood flow, including cardiovascular system's Diamondback 360 atherectomy system, which sands away plaque that is a hard calcium. It's important to discuss all options with your physician, and if told you have no options, get a second opinion. Take a stand against amputation. For more information, go to standagainstamputation.com. That's standagainstamputation.com. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Everyone, and welcome back. Cheryl, you went to Dr. Rosha for a second opinion because your first doctor, you weren't happy with his treatment options. Describe what the vascular surgeon that you first went to said that he or she wanted to do or cardiologist. He said that the only way that, that this was a severe blockage, the only way that it could be uh, even treated would be by a, a really long bypass. So anyway, and he just said, I, that they, I don't have a real record of that being successful. All I can really offer you is just go forward. Hope it doesn't get any better. And Dr. Rocha, in hearing that, what, what were your thoughts? Unfortunately, I'm not surprised. Uh, PAD affects 20 million uh, patients in the U.S. And we're still fighting for awareness. Um, and uh, it's not uncommon that reputable doctors will be recommending uh, treatments that are not um, up to date with what is done these days. And uh, in her case, all what was required was an angiogram bipedal access and revascularization of her superficial femoral artery. Yeah, you make it sound so easy. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and Cheryl, what's been happening since? Are you out of your wheelchair and walking? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I walk or swim walk six days a week now. I have no pain, no swelling, no claudication at this time. But I'm like I told you, I'm just kind of, you know, it's awesome. And what is your lesson like first? 
True success story, right? Right. Yes. This is fantastic. The piggies were saved. Thank you both, mm-hmm. Cheryl and Dr. Rosha, for joining us. We totally appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Dr. Rosha. See you next time. Thank you. And so we are getting ready to wrap up here, and we still have Dr. David Alper that is with us. We've been talking the entire show about feet. He has a foot fetish. <laughs> <laughs> Any feedback for anybody? <laughs> okay, I promised I wouldn't use that, but I did. So, David, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. I I wear um, like like dance goes, you know, and is is that something good for those of us that are on our feet all the time to wear shoes yeah. like that, or just no? Because they you're hurt me. On a, you're walking on a block of wood with no backstrap to keep it on your foot. Aside from that, it's fine. Um, okay, thank you. They have thank done you. an amazing job of convincing kitchen workers and nurses and medical people that that's the way to go. And I cannot tell you how many times I've alleviated plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis, hammer toe pain, et cetera, by simply putting them in something with some shock absorption on the bottom and a nice thing on the back to keep the shoe on. You know, once again, that three to two to three times your body weight slamming into that block of wood, Dr. Phillips. It, you know, maybe you can do it at your young age now. You're not going to keep doing it. Well, no, that's uh, that's that's excellent advice. Kim, I can't wait till we find some dig up some news clips, uh, you know, <laughs> with Aikman and I here and we'll find something for next week. I know. Right. There's actually there's thousands of hours online um, <laughs> for that. Any final thoughts, Dr. Alper, any final pieces of advice um, as as we leave the show for this summer and avoided those common foot problems? Well, three things. Number one, sunscreen on the top, cream on the bottom, as we talked about. Can't go wrong. Number two, listen to Cheryl. Listen to Dr. Rocha. Take your socks off at the doctor's office. And if they refuse to look at your feet, get another doctor. You know, it's just got to be looked at. Here's the final sobering thought. Every six minutes, there is an amputation in this country because of vascular disease, because of diabetes. Here's the good news. Experts say... 85% of these amputations are preventable. They're happening. They don't need to happen. 85%. It's mind-boggling. And you can prevent it by Dr. Phillips and his colleagues or by having your GP or your podiatrist look at your feet. And so the final statement I'll make is, as I started the show, feet are not supposed to hurt. Don't ignore what you feel. And thank you very much for letting me join you. Fantastic. Fantastic. No, I'll just echo that sentiment. Um, You got to take control of your health. You really do. And one more quick question. We have 20 seconds left. Dr. Alper, you mentioned cream on your feet. There's so many creams out there. Is there one ingredient you should make sure no matter what cream you choose? Lanolin. Rub your feet on a sheep if you can. Lanolin Lanolin is the best thing to really hydrate. People use bag bomb, which is pure lanolin. Fabulous. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. With See you next week. Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Our mission is to help patients live a better quality of life through comprehensive education, real-time support, and high-touch advocacy in partnership with thewaytomyheart.org and take a stand against amputation. Our purpose is to reduce the 1.5 million heart attacks and strokes and nearly 200,000 amputations annually. 
For more information regarding topics you've heard discussed on today's program, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. The Heart of Innovation is for educational and informational purposes only, and advice and views shared are not a substitute for medical advice from your own supervising physician. Do not act on any information provided in this show without the explicit consent from your own healthcare team. If you think you are having a medical emergency, call your local emergency number. This show is distributed by the Innovators Network. For more information and other great shows and content, visit theinnovators.network.